Jude. Uh, if you'll make your way there, Jude, another small book in the Bible. And um, uh, we did a uh, course with a theme, uh, some preaching from there. Uh, and, uh, and I just, I love the content course. It's um, much is said in Second Peter as well, uh, and along the same lines, and uh, in really dealing with um, uh, those who have uh, turned the gospel uh, and changed it into something it shouldn't be, false doctrine, false teachers, uh, how we should view them, uh, what should be done, uh, what our spirit and attitude needs to be uh, concerning that, uh, and uh, in some warnings to us as well. Uh, about, uh, about them and uh, the consequences uh, of not uh, contending for the faith that was once delivered uh, for the saints. And uh, I know that um, as time goes, and I've been thinking about our theme for next year even uh, in some direction with all of that, uh, we, um, in thinking along those lines, uh, we can't be afraid of contending, uh, standing up for what we believe in, uh, and, and by the way, what the Word of God says. Sometimes we believe things uh, or we do things, we practice things uh, that aren't necessarily in the Bible, uh, and uh, we say there are convictions, preferences, standards, those types of things. People, well, would you die? Is that a conviction? Are you willing to die for it? Uh, there, are, there are things that I practice in my life, uh, things that, uh, that I try to model or teach, uh, by principle or application uh, that are connected to the Bible. Some of those uh, are uh, standards that uh, don't have necessarily a Bible verse uh, that you can hang them upon. Uh, and, uh, but here's the thing. You don't have to have a Bible verse for every standard you have. Okay? And uh, you don't teach it as, thus saith the Lord, if it's not, thus saith the Lord. Uh, but uh, everybody has standards. The world has standards uh, and, uh, and, and whatnot. In fact, uh, the world seems to understand it, um, standards and whatever, better than or at least deal with it. Uh, and it's been common practice in the business world or whatever, for example. Um, uh, if, you, if you do something when you're not at work that's not in line uh, with the values uh, of your employer, you run the risk in an at-will employer state of being terminated. Uh, and so your time is really not your time. You know, your social media accounts aren't really, you don't have freedom of speech like you think that you do. Uh, and, and so people, people, we've known people that should have gotten fired for things that they've said or, or done, uh, those that have. Uh, some seem fair, some seem unfair, uh, but that's been common practice for quite a long time. Uh, in Christianity, um, some of the, uh, I guess, hits or, uh, dings that uh, we get as independent fundamental Baptists uh, is having standards and practices, leadership requirements in churches uh, that, let's say, for example, uh, if um, somebody is, they're, they're, they're teaching a Sunday school class, uh, but they are um, doing worldly things, living out in the world, and it's, and it's all public stuff a lot of times. People just post stuff uh, on the internet. People see it. Sometimes it's not. Uh, but a church is fully within its rights according to its covenants uh, in, in, in um, what they say they believe, etc. Um, if somebody is not living in a way that doesn't line up with the values of the Word of God uh, and that church's covenant to remove them, for example, from teaching a Sunday school class. When that's done, people go, whoa, it's crazy abuse of power and blah, 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 and no grace or whatever. Um, but, you know, you get fired for Boeing for tweeting something uh, that you shouldn't tweet. It happens everywhere. Is everybody with me? And so uh, we're living in a day uh, of uh, contention. Uh, we're living at a time where, uh, unfortunately, um, there's a lot of divide even amongst Christianity. Um, independent Baptists that don't get along with independent Baptists and you know, everything under the sun. In fact, you know, a big thing in the news right now, the Southern Baptist Convention. Um, I don't know all the details about it. I don't really um, want to know. Uh, but they voted in a new president that was, it's a li- he's a liberal. So it's kind of like their version of our national election. <laughs> uh, you know, all the conservatives wanted one guy and all the liberals wanted another guy. And, uh, and it's who's of Paul and who's of Apollos. And, uh, and they just had all these different things and uh, had all these people at that. And anyways, long story short, 
they um, voted on stuff that are crazy, and, and so they're on the verge of a big major split. And the Southern Baptist Convention is the largest denominational group uh, outside of Catholicism. Uh, when you when you number all the churches and representatives of that, et cetera, and uh, and so it's kind of a big deal, and everybody's kind of fighting, and uh, not us because we're not Southern Baptists, uh, and uh, so um, there's this contention, and it's interesting uh, to uh, to hear the news and see the stories, uh, to watch people uh, as they engage one another, uh, and 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 kind of ironically. Um, positions that we've had as independent Baptists against some of those things, if we've been vocal about it, you get lamb-blasted. Uh, and now they have to be vocal about it in and amongst themselves. And if you've been uh, around Baptist churches for a few decades, um, you'll have remembered when uh, churches came out of the Southern Baptist Convention and formed what is now really uh, you know, independent Baptist churches and the fellowships and things. So saying all that to say, um, you can't get away from um, contention. You can choose to be a kind of person that says, I'm not going to get involved, or, um, or maybe you're the kind of person who, who thinks of themselves as uh, somebody who doesn't like conflict. Uh, I've heard people say that. You know, they don't want to ever you know, um, say anything uh, or uh, get any conflict. Uh, certainly not Miss Emmy. Uh, you know, she'll, she'll get in conflict just like that. She's paying attention. Uh, and, uh, and so uh, the, uh, um, some people just say, well, I'm just not one who's big on conflict. I really don't think anybody's really big on conflict. I don't think people really just go around. I mean, there are people that look, you know, go around looking for fights and uh, physical fights, you know, uh, spiritual fights. That is true. But for the most part, giving people the benefit of the doubt, I don't think that you want to be uh, in conflict uh, with anybody uh, purposefully. But when that happens, it happens. And you have to be able to know um, what to say and to, to, to know how to give an answer, uh, to be able to defend the faith and to contend for the faith once delivered to the saints. Uh, that's the gospel uh, of the Lord Jesus Christ. And, and really the uh, primary thing. I, I had a, I told somebody earlier today uh, that um, just kind of uh, involved in a lot of, um, you know, kind of uh, outside influences and scriptural this and that. And, and I said, really, uh, our, we need to focus on the gospel and sharing that uh, with the lost world. Uh, and, and that's what God has called us to do. That's the message that he wants us to, to give uh, not all these other things. Uh, and, uh, but it seems to be easier to argue about everything under the sun and contend for politics and whatever, but not contend for what we believe in. But the gospel is under attack today. Uh, as it was uh, in uh, the first century church, uh, the, the issues that we find uh, in Jude are issues that we find today. Now, we'll find ourselves over in verse number 20. And we're going to read uh, four verses there uh, and uh, just take a look at uh, our, some of our responsibilities. Uh, in the day and time that we live, um, how we prepare ourselves to contend for the faith, uh, and you know, our responsibilities to others. So really two points, our responsibility to ourselves uh, and then our responsibility to others. So the Bible reads in verse number 20, uh, but ye beloved. So he's contrasting, he says, here's some information about God's judgment uh, and what he's going to do in judging this, this wickedness and spiritual um, falsities and the ungodliness. Uh, but he says, but you. So now the attention is turned to the believer. Uh, and uh, it says, but ye, beloved, building up yourselves on your most holy faith, praying in the Holy Ghost, keep yourselves in the love of God, looking for the mercy of our Lord Jesus Christ unto eternal life. And if some have compassion, making a difference, and others save with fear, pulling them out of fire, hating even the garment spotted by the flesh. And, and so the, uh, I guess, uh, direction uh, given to them uh, was before you are able to save others, all right, 
And when I say save others, it's not you don't save them going to heaven. We use this in many times as a soul winning or an evangelistic passage of scripture in the sense of some save with compassion, others, you know, we're talking about, okay, love and charity and others with fear, fire and brimstone. And there's application to be made that way, but it's really about saving people who are caught up in um, what he has described uh, in already in the book of Jude. False, people who are fallen for false uh, doctrine, uh, those who are, um, you know, worshiping false idols, etc., uh, who are on the brink, uh, and uh, God's going to judge them. And when we help people, we need to have uh, the spirit uh, that he tells us here, which we'll get into as we go along. Uh, but before you can save others, um, you have to have a, a, a good handle uh, on the Word of God. Uh, and uh, you have to be faithful in, in, with your walk uh, with the Lord. Um, it's, if you think about it in, in terms of, uh, I've always illustrated, if you're selling, like I sold vacuum cleaners, but I didn't have a vacuum cleaner. Uh, that vacuum cleaner model. And so it's harder for me to sell a vacuum cleaner that I didn't own or have uh, because inevitably in the conversation they say, well, how do you like yours? And I'd have to say, well, I don't have one, but you should get one and they're really expensive and I hope you do. And maybe if you buy one, then I have enough money to get one myself. <laughs> you know, uh, and, uh, and so it's easier to tell somebody about the Lord if you're obviously if you're saved uh, and uh, there are people who are not born again, they're not saved, who witness people who think that they're saved and are not. Those who are part of um, denominational groups, etc., who believe in uh, works-based salvations and other things, or baptismal regeneration, will give people the gospel, and they themselves might not be saved. Um, if you, maybe you... Um, uh, got saved later on, and you're part of, a, a part of the church. That's an example here where you've done and led people to Christ and then realize uh, that you yourself need to be uh, born again. So uh, having, uh, of course, a knowledge of the Lord and being faithful in your walk um, with the Lord is all important. Having an understanding uh, of uh, the devices of Satan and what he does and, uh, and how he goes about it. And, and today, uh, there's a lot to be said about the, uh, the imitation uh, or the, that Satan does, imitating um, Christianity and sincerity. And uh, there's a lot of things that seem to be true that are half-truths. Uh, and Satan's just really good. The Bible talks about the wiles of the devil. Uh, we're in a spiritual battle. It's a spiritual warfare. Uh, and uh, so knowing and uh, understanding the, the, the kingdom of Satan and what he does and how he goes about his business. Uh, and then, of course, um, you have to be filled with the Spirit of God if you're going to be engaged in uh, the work of God. Um, part of our problem is, is we're powerless because we're not, we're not walking in the Spirit, filled with the Spirit. So there are um, a, a lot of difficulties. We were talking, Amy and I were on a visit earlier today, and, uh, and uh, we're talking about you know, churches that have you know, closed. Uh, and are no longer there through COVID and other things. But it's not just COVID. There was a trend towards that before the pandemic uh, where, where uh, churches are dwindling off. And, and there's all kinds of reasons. The biggest one is that churches are less and less evangelistic with the gospel and more and more um, involved in social things uh, than they are about sharing their faith. Uh, and God's God's plan hasn't changed. Um, our main job uh, as a church is to reach people with the gospel. And uh, that saying that a church that doesn't evangelize will eventually fossilize uh, is true. Uh, and uh, and uh, so uh, before we do anything, before we have corporate revival, personal revival, uh, before you uh, try to get the uh, the... Uh, speck out of somebody else's eye, you've got to start what? Doing what? Got to get the beam out of your own eye. Um, it, it's always, you know, uh, it's judged not lest you be judged because you'll be judged by the same measure, paraphrasing. Um, it's, it's always, um, you know, thinking about where we're at with the Lord before we can go. He says, ye which are spiritual, restore such an one. 
So there are multiple layers of things that we have to do to prepare ourselves to be able to be an effective witness uh, or to be uh, someone who can defend the faith and do so with, any, with a modicum of credibility uh, because we're our own worst enemies uh, and, uh, and we, you know, uh, we're just always doing it. Uh, I was thinking earlier with this message and uh, the press conferences today, if you saw that, and, uh, and the president got all snippy with the uh, reporters, and, uh, and uh, that's why they keep him away from reporters, by the way, uh, and don't let him ask questions, uh, because he loses his temper. Uh, and, uh, and, and, and when he's, you know, uh, that happens, then he, you know, he, he, and I'm, I'm glad he apologized right away, uh, after that and said, you know, I apologize. And he says, I shouldn't be such a wise guy or whatever he said. And, and uh, it's important that you, you, you do those things right away. Uh, but um, he's his own worst enemy when it comes to that, uh, that perception. Uh, that, uh, and, and we're the same way uh, with, uh, with our witness and our testimony. Uh, because just like, you know, he could lose his temper, you can lose your temper at work. Say things you shouldn't say, or uh, or you know, uh, get involved in things you shouldn't get involved with, uh, and you can undo in a matter of moments uh, all of the things that you've been trying to do uh, with um, witnessing to a coworker. So, what are the things, the responsibilities uh, that uh, that Jude says that we should do? The first one is this: uh, we should build, building up yourselves on your most holy faith. And so we know that we're a work in progress. Uh, we know that um, God has set us on a path, uh, and we are to, to walk, have a conversation with Christ, and God has set parameters about all that, and we're striving. Uh, and in doing so, he tells us to, um, to, uh, to do a number of things that are going to help build up uh, our, our, ourselves, being in church. Um, the edification process, the building up. Uh, we're having a conversation in the office yesterday about stuff, and in uh, part of the roles of our church uh, is it's it's the it's the edification, it's the uh, the, the teaching and training uh, of of people to go out and preach the gospel. Uh, it's an equipping ministry. Uh, but as much as I say that, it has to be that. Are you following me? So if we're not if we're not actively pursuing people. Uh, in soul winning, uh, and in um, it was it was awesome. Was, was that last night? And uh, uh, so, Cami, Cami, uh, I knew she was meeting with uh, this lady, and so uh, we were sitting at home and uh, and got a text from Cami. It said, "Can I, can I Facetime you?" And so, uh, so Amy's phone. Uh, we're waiting for it. And goes, you know. And as soon as the camera comes on, uh, you know, we see her friend. Uh, and, uh, and then, uh, so we got something to tell you and I'm, and I'm, I'm anticipating what it is. I mean, I'm, I'm kind of at this point, cat's out of the bag. I know what it's going to be. Uh, and, uh, and then, uh, Robin's son, um, jumps in front of the camera and starts telling us all kinds of stories about stuff. And, and every time they would try to say something, uh, but what a blessing it was for someone to just, to, you know, lead someone to Christ and then, and then have that new convert. They're excited about it, sharing that and calling and just, hey, man, that was just, that's great. But, you know, that should be something that's happening on the regular uh, at, at a Bible-preaching church. And, um, but we, just, we can't continue going forward saying that's what we're supposed to do and just not do it uh, and, and not be that. Uh, or to... to um, it's just like this vicious cycle, circular reasoning. It's, uh, it's, yes, God builds the church. We don't build the church. And we, we say that when we're not growing. Uh, but we also know that the, God uses us to do that. Uh, and um, so we can't, we can't beat ourselves down in the sense that, okay, if some people aren't getting saved because God does the saving, but, but, but we can if we're not responsible with the sharing. And with the spreading of the gospel, and again, I equated that Sunday uh, with um, you know more people. The more we witness, the more people will be saved. You know, it's it's inviting somebody or going to their home, uh, like uh, in sharing the gospel and in pursuing actively pursuing people that we care about 
that we know need the Lord Jesus Christ. And so everybody in here has a, a Robin, you know, so to speak, uh, a friend, a, a coworker uh, that you know needs Jesus. Uh, and so who's better equipped to tell them about Jesus than you? So, so we are to, that's part of uh, the building up, being in church, uh, hearing preaching, learning, teaching, uh, on, sun, on Sunday school, Wednesday nights, set, whenever the doors are open. But, but think about some ways. What are some other ways that we can build ourselves up in our, in our most holy faith? Let's talk about it for a minute. We can do, what, what, what do we do? So if I say, okay, how do you build muscles? You know, um, there's, a, you know this, there's certain things you do uh, in order for that to take place. Um, if you want to build up knowledge in a particular subject, uh, there are things that you need to do. So if, you're, if your subject is building up your most holy faith, um, how is that done? Reading your Bible, was it? Practicing it, you know, exercising yourself under godliness or, or working out your own salvation. Uh, it's not that you're working to be saved, it's you're, you're working because you're saved and, you're, and you're, you're working it out, you're involved. In fact, uh, there's another one of these words that we'll look at that goes along those lines. So building up our most holy faith, um, um, spending time with the Lord, um, uh, prayer is one of the things he says here. Uh, we need to be praying, but there's a particular way to pray uh, that, is, that is referenced here in our preparation. Uh, so what are some other ways? I mean, this is the key. Uh, God says we're supposed to do it under inspiration. Uh, we're living in dark times. Um, we, I, had my, uh, I had a DoorDash lunch delivered here today, a salad, and uh, uh, and uh, the car drove up, uh, and uh, it said, Alexander is approaching uh, with your DoorDash order. Uh, and, uh, but the way that Alexander uh, was spelled, I knew he was Slavic. Uh, and uh, so as I walked out there, normally they, you know, they'll roll down the window and, you know, with COVID masks and different things and, and hand it out and zip off. But he gets out of his car, uh, and he goes, he says, he says, God bless you, Pastor. I'm a preacher of the gospel, too. And I said, great. I said, where do you go to church? And he mentioned a Slavic church up in uh, Federal Way, and I'm familiar with it. And, and some like Artem and them, they were all part of that at one point. And, and, uh, and so, uh, so we, um, you know, uh, I was encouraged by that. Um, are, we, are we the same? No. Do we go about things, you know, uh, differently? And yes. Um, but I know they preach the gospel. And the Bible says that if they're preaching the gospel, we're to be for them. And, uh, and, and you know, so it's, it's building ourselves up for that purpose. Uh, and, uh, and every day, whether it's somebody delivering your food uh, or, you know, you stopping somewhere, the busyness of your day, um, front of mind needs to be, does this person know the Lord? And, uh, and so ask the question, you know, uh, and, uh, you know, somebody says, I get this all the time, I, you know, how's your day going? You know, and, and we just, we're, we say, oh, it's going great. How about you? Well, thanks for asking. It's going great. I mean, it's just every day, it's the same type of conversations. But maybe throw a little wrench in it. Say, how are you doing today? Doing great since the Lord saved me. You know, and then it would be like, now what are they going to say? You know, probably nothing. You can say, are you a Christian? Yeah, I'm a Christian. Great, where do you go to church? You know, I go so-and-so. And I had some lady the other day, um, you know, it just, what you doing today? I'm saying, I'm working. What are you doing? She said, I'm working. Uh, and uh, and uh, she asked about the church and where it's at and stuff. And, and uh, she goes over to Champion Center. But I see her almost probably every other time I go uh, through the drive-thru. And so she knows about me. I know about her. And it's just like, hey, but she can go to Champion Center and be lost. And so at some point, you got to pop the question. It's not just where you go to church, uh, but, you know, do you know? Uh, that's why I got people, I, I have a church. That's great. But if you died, where are you going to go? Um, well, I don't know. And is that what your church teaches? <laughs> you, know, uh, you know, you don't know. Uh, I mean, it's just I've knocked on parsonage doors of, of, of uh, Lutheran churches. 
And uh, I was like, excuse me, you know, this is the parsonage? I'm like, yeah, and I know you need Jesus. <laughs> and, uh, and so it's um, um, building up, spending time with the Lord, getting in his word, um, having to refocus. Um, it's like anything. If you if, take, away, take away our faith and church and, and everything else, and you have a job and a family, and you've got all responsibilities, and even on those fronts, you have to constantly be um, re- refocusing making sure that you're doing the right things the right way uh, and that things are prioritized. Uh, and, uh, but what's sad is that a lot of those things and our busyness in doing that, those are things we should do, um, further pushes our priority uh, to be salt and light. Uh, and, uh, and I told that guy, where I was going with that story with Alexander, I, uh, I said, yeah, we've got, uh, we have folks here, the Slavic people, I said, some of them just moving away, and I said, you might know, and I mentioned names, he didn't know who they were, and, and I said, they're moving out of, out of town, and, uh, and moved away out of state, uh, and, uh, and, you know, I said, hey, I said, but everybody can't leave, it's got to be, got to be salt and light uh, in a dark place, and, he, and he's like in total agreement, fist bumping me, you know, and, uh, and off. It was great. I had, you know, it was a wonderful, uh, wonderful exchange, uh, but, but, it's, but it's, it's not just, you know, where's my food? Thank you. Have a good day. It's taking the time to engage and not being in quite of a hurry, uh, and, uh, and knowing uh, that um, God places people in our path, not just to entertain us, not just to, to service us and, you know, our food and in, in, in business and stuff, but for the express purpose. Maybe it's God's plan um, uh, for, um, you know, whoever, whoever it is that you're thinking about uh, that God has placed you uh, in their life. So it's, it, you got a responsibility for yourselves. False teaching, false doctrine, crazy stuff, everything's falling apart, last days, Grace being turned to the lasciviousness, but you build yourself up. And, uh, and so it's, it's like uh, things are going to get bad, so you've got to be preparing for it to get worse. And, and strengthening ourselves and uh, in, in getting in spiritual shape uh, and so that we're able uh, to contend uh, is, is what he says. But then he says the second thing is to pray, but... Uh, praying in a, a certain way, and that is praying in the Holy Ghost, all right? Now, we won't spend a whole lot of time in that, but that's our responsibility to build ourselves up and to pray in the Holy Ghost. You, see, you can get into your responsibility to others, but I, but I feel uh, there's a certain order to this, that this is what I have to do in order to do the next step. And, uh, and so if, if I'm, for example, if I'm not building myself up in my own Faith with God, walking with God, trying to be better uh, and closer to God, more like Him, uh, and uh, in trying to do those things. And if I'm not praying in the Holy Ghost, I got no business uh, and really no chance uh, in my contending in saving others. God is already, and we've touched on verses about you know fixing you uh, before you fix other people. And and we're terrible at that in many, many ways. We're really good at seeing the faults in everybody else and not our own faults. Uh, we're really good uh, about, uh, about that, but um, not so good when it comes to uh, looking at ourselves, myself included. And so uh, it's, it's, we have to pray in the Holy Ghost. That's spirit-led prayer. Uh, that, is, that is praying according to God's will. Uh, it, is, it is walking with God. It's praying without ceasing. It's not grieving or quenching the Spirit of God, but praying in the Holy Spirit. It's praying prayers that God wants you to pray. Uh, and, um, and so when we're praying, uh, in inter- whether it's intercessory prayer, um, uh, however we're praying, it, it needs to be about praying for the right things. If you're praying for, you know, God to give you something or whatever, um, you're not, you can't even be sure if he really wants you to have that or not. But if you pray for somebody to get saved, you know that that's what he wants because he says he's not willing that any should perish. And, uh, and so, so praying, you know, we have a, a list of people 
uh, under the salvation section in our thing. But, you know, there are people that have been on that thing for years and years and years. Okay? And, um, and after a certain amount of time, uh, going down that list, uh, you kind of like, you see it. And almost, you know, but you, you just kind of reading through it and, and not necessarily even praying for those people anymore because they've been on there for so long. God wants them to be saved. Uh, and so it's like, hey, this person's been on the list for a long time. Uh, so you might, uh, it might be a person you put on there. Go witness to them. You say, you know what? I've had you on my prayer list at church for 20 years to be saved. And it's about time we take you off that list. Are you going to stop praying for me? No, you need to get born again, you know, and share the gospel with them. Uh, but praying in the Holy Ghost. So there's a certain part of that that's self-explanatory, but so often our prayer is not that. Uh, it's, uh, it's trite, and it's, um, we don't think about it. It's vain repetition that God tells us not to do. Um, we, and, and I'm guilty of it, you're guilty of it, we, we, it's just not praying in the Holy Ghost. There's, there, it lacks a sincerity, um, a, a fervency. It lacks, um, you know, charity, love. It's just the, you know, uh, we'll do that. It's like, uh, what was it the other day? Um, oh, I went to go see um, Francie. Uh, and um, yesterday it was, and um, she was in a room where there were two people, and so I walk in there, and both of them were sleeping. Lady in the first A section was sleeping, and I went around the corner, and, and Francie is she's sleeping, and so I'm like, I said, hey Francie, and uh, and she didn't nudge, and uh, but the lady on the other side goes yes, and I'm like, hey, Francie, she's like, hello. Somebody in here, and uh, and like it's like I was wanting to like you know I'm not talking to you, <laughs> and uh, I didn't know what to do uh, because the person I was trying to get attention was out, uh, and so I finally went up and nudged her. And she woke up and and I said it's Pastor, uh, and uh, and so we were talking for a little bit, and uh, but when I make those visits, it's how are you doing? How can I help you? Um, you know, talk about hey what's going on? What are the doctors? You know, what do the doctors say? You know, when do they say you're going to be able to go home? And, uh, and so, and I had a mask on, and, uh, and she was having a hard time hearing me. And so I, get, I got to the end of the conversation. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to need to leave. And I said, let me pray for you. And she's like, what? And I said, let me pray for you. And she's like, huh? <laughs> she kept getting to it. It's like, I said, I'm going to pray. I said it really loud. And probably the lady on the other side probably went, <laughs> you know, uh, ready to go because she was on it. But, uh, and, uh, and so, but, but it was kind of like, I felt bad because it was like, you know, Lord, you know, be with, you know, Francie and praying for her, you know, give her grace and, uh, and be with the doctors. And, and it's a prayer that I prayed with people in hospitals, you know, similarly hundreds of times. And um, now I know God wants me to pray that, and I know what I'm asking God to do is in the heart of God and in the will of God. But, but, it's, but it, was, it was like rote. I mean, it was, it was something that I've said a million times that, that I don't even think about when I'm saying it. And so that's not Holy Ghost praying. That's not necessarily spirit-led praying. It is just the ruts that we're in in our spiritual life that we just don't, we just don't, we're not aware of it. I'm just saying that, I'm just saying that about that prayer, but it can be applied to your prayers over your food, your prayers before you go to bed, uh, you know, all the, you know, the rub-a-dub-dub, thanks for the grub, you know, types of prayers that we do, and we'll, we'll point our fingers at Catholics uh, for what they do, and we're guilty of the same thing. And, uh, and so praying in the Holy Ghost, if we're not, if we're not praying right, then we can't contend right. Uh, and then he says the next one, keep yourselves in the love of God. Now, um, a, a, a principle of hermeneutics uh, is, uh, you know, when the Bible says something, if it teaches us something somewhere else, uh, that, uh, you know, uh, it can't mean that. So we know that 
Uh, when we get, say, we sing it, Jesus saves and keeps me, right? Um, you know, we know that we're in his hand and he's in, our, you know, in his father's hand and nobody can pluck us out. Uh, once we're saved, we're always saved and uh, neither principalities, powers, nothing can separate us from the love of God. And so what does it mean to keep ourselves in the love of God? It's like, um, it's not in like, uh, it doesn't mean the favor of God and it doesn't mean that we keep ourselves saved. Um, so it, it, it can't mean that. So when I read that, I can't, I can't get that. Because the Bible everywhere else is clear that we don't keep ourselves. Jesus saves and keeps us. And that's the song that we sing. So keeping myself in the love of God, building myself up in my most holy faith, praying the Holy Ghost, keeping myself in the love of God, has quickly kind of the the idea behind it of uh, the love of God constraining us. Uh, it's, it's, It's the vine and the branches. It's abiding in Christ. It's keeping myself in relationship with God. It's, it's working out my own salvation with trembling uh, in, so to speak. It's, it's all those things. It's God's keeping me. I'm in agreement with that keeping. I'm going to stay close. I'm going to keep myself. I'm going to stay close. I'm going to uh, draw nigh unto him, right? Uh, and, and it's all of that. But it's not keeping myself saved. Uh, he is talking to, uh, to them. Uh, these are saved people. He's telling them how to, uh, how to deal uh, with the difficulties and the false teaching and the craziness given to us under inspiration to do the same thing. So uh, if I want to be an effective witness, if I want to be able to help people uh, that are um, spiritually uh, in distress, uh, then I have to build myself up. Uh, I have to have the strength. I've got to have the prayer life. I have to keep myself close to God, in the love of God, um, having charity uh, attached to, love attached to everything that I'm doing. So um, in, you know, in contending, if you're in a contentious moment with somebody, even in contending for the faith, um, you can find yourself doing so very unlovingly, um, frustrated would probably be a, uh, a, a better way to define that. Uh, and uh, I, had a call, I had a call last night late, uh, and uh, we were sitting there, and, and um, a person, person calls me and says, uh, you know, um, got something to tell you. I'm like, what? And they said, you know, um, I want to leave my husband, divorce him, blah, 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 and just on and on and on. And so we talked for quite a long time. And, uh, uh, and so it's this reminding, okay, you've got, um, you're invested. It's been decades and decades and decades of a, of a marriage. Uh, so, I mean, part of it was like, they're just frustrated. It wasn't that they were not in love or no longer loved, just frustrated. And that's the emotion that was coming through. I'm tired. I'm not going to do this. And, I'm not, and uh, you know, and I'm like, you know, um, trying to help them, but frustration was the emotion. You got to keep yourself in love, in the love of your spouse. Uh, You have to keep with that relationship and work on that, and love covers a multitude of sins, Um, and it's just the the principle over and over. Then fourth thing, quickly, uh, is to wait, um, looking for uh, the mercy of our Lord Jesus Christ unto eternal life. Uh, is the fourth thing. So it's looking unto the mercy. And so uh, quickly describing that as um, we, know, um, we know what God's going to do. We understand the timeline, the prophecy. We know that we're saved and heaven's going to be our home. Uh, we know that things are going to get worse before they get better. Uh, and, and we have to look to the mercy of God. The hand of God is a, is a righteous God. He's going to judge sin and, uh, and uh, in iniquity and everything else. Uh, and uh, there's just a lot of stuff that's going to take place. As I mentioned earlier to somebody, hey, there's going to be a big battle. Uh, and uh, there's just a lot of things uh, that um, um, are going to... But we have to focus on keeping ourselves, building ourselves up uh, in these things here, but also looking for the mercy of God. God is, is going to come through, uh, and, uh, and we look forward to that. So that's our responsibility to ourselves. But then he says, here's the responsibility 
or your responsibility uh, to other people. Uh, and he talks about first the compassion, and if some have compassion. So he's, he's talking about um, um, these, uh, these people who've separated themselves, sensual, having not the spirit, mockers. Last time they're walking after their own lusts. Uh, and, uh, and, God, and God's saying, you do these things, you do these, and then have compassion um, for these people. Uh, and uh, I, uh, uh, whether it's just normal conversation with people or if it's just, you know, um, I'll say something or I'll write something or whatever and people will want to uh, combat, you know, me and fight with me. And uh, there's a part of me just like, um, you know, in my flesh, it's like, I just can't believe, you know, I want to say, um, you're stupid. And I mean, I just, I can't understand how you can draw that conclusion. I mean, it's just, um, you know, that whole saying liberalism is a mental disorder, you know, uh, the, the talk radio guy. And there's a, it just, so it's, it's like zero compassion. Um, but that's not, I can't look at somebody and, and think I am intellectually, you know, better or I'm more educated or uh, I've got, you know, I've got the answers and they don't. Uh, and, uh, and look at them like, you know, they're a peasant. Uh, and, but that's how we come across. There's a, there's a condescension. That's why we get called arrogant. Uh, we're not trying to be arrogant. We're confident. But when we communicate truth, we don't do it with love. And it comes across uh, as not compassionate. You know, I mean, I've, I've literally been with soul winners who people, somebody has slammed the door uh, on us and, and they've yelled through the door, well, die and go to hell then. And um, that's about as uncompassionate as it comes. But don't tell me you've never felt like saying that when you've had, you know, people cussing you out and slamming doors in your face. You know, my, you know, I've told stories about, you know, I've told, I was frustrated at the end of the day where it's like, hey, you know, I knock on the door, a guy's sitting right there, I can see him to his window, won't get up, and I'm like, finally, it's like, you know, comes the door, hey, you're bothering me, and, and I've said, and it's been no bother for me walking up down these streets all day and whatever, I'm your best friend, I mean, I got to explain to him I'm frustrated, and, uh, and so all of us are, you know, uh, not as compassionate uh, as we should be uh, in those moments. But so some, it's, it's, it's saving with compassion and it's, uh, and it's lovingly instructing and, and being spiritual about it and it's bringing them through and it's understanding where they're coming from and seeking to understand and, and having empathy for um, what they believe and, and trying to understand why they do and not just saying like, that's great, but you're wrong, but here's what the Bible says. Um, one example is like when we baptize people who've been baptized before. When I tell them, um, you need to be rebaptized, I have to tell them that they're, you know, somehow show them scripturally that their baptism wasn't either properly done or the proper authority. And every single time it's an absolute sketchy, you don't know how the conversation is going to go, but I have to have it. I don't go, hey, well, you know, what do you do for a living? Well, I'm a bazillionaire uh, and... Uh, and then skip the baptism talk because I want them to be in our church. I'm like, well, you, you know, got to be baptized. That's it. And, uh, you know, and, um, but you've got to communicate it in a compassionate way and not take away from their experience that they had. Their uncle baptized them in a creek behind their house on their birthday. And, uh, and uh, you know, and, you know, they remember what they ate that day and the smell of the acorns from the trees. And, uh, and it was this ethereal type of an experience that they had. And, and you don't want to say, well, that was a waste. And now you got to do it again, you know. And, uh, you know, there's a bug floating in the baptistry. It's not, it's not quite as a, a memorable experience that they had. Uh, and uh, but you have to be compassionate, and then some in saving with fear, uh, and uh, it's warning. Uh, it's 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 less the compassion and more the matter of fact, and and there's a time for that, uh, to where it's like you know, um, you just preach the truth and you preach it straight. Uh, and there's contentions coming. You just keep preaching it. 
Uh, we have examples over and over and again uh, from the Bible. But then there's, so there's a compassion, there's a caution in this saving, this saving of fear, but there's also a courage. And when it says this, you know, pulling them out of the fire of whatever it is, it, 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 it shows, it takes courage to do that. It takes um, times where you don't want to meddle with strife because you know God's warned it and you know you're going to get bit in that it's going to be dangerous to, to broach the subject with them, uh, to call them out on the false teaching or whatever, and, uh, and, it's, and it's just not going to be, um, you know, uh, the, the one, this, the whole Southern Baptist Convention thing or whatever, uh, and one of the big contentions is the new president basically co-pastors the church with his wife, and uh, which is a, you know, a far cry from their traditional positions and uh, and uh, and whatnot, and uh, and so people people are saying, hey, you know, time out, and then it's like, well, you're unchristian and you don't care. I mean, it's like, okay, if I say something or we vote against this, we're going to invite ridicule and uh, et cetera. It's going to cause division, but sometimes godly division is necessary. And you have to have courage to reach into the fire and to pluck somebody out. Um, you know, it, it, you have to be able to do that. So in, there's a way, I mean, I like firemen and shows or whatever, and they, we run into the fire when everybody else is running out. And there's a certain part of our makeup as Christians that ought to be that way, uh, where, we, uh, where we have that courage. And then, of course, the conviction in uh, that, uh, and uh, saying, uh, verse 23, and others save with fear, pulling them out of the fire, hating even the garment spotted by the flesh. Um, you know, it's uh, this whole idea about God doesn't care and, you know, purity and, and uh, flesh and all these different things. Um, the Bible speaks absolutely opposite of that type of mentality in Christianity. To hate the things that God hates, love the thing God loves, hate even the garment spotted uh, by the flesh, uh, some conviction in that. Uh, and, uh, you know, uh, today I read an article, I'm going to have to stop. I'd read an article about a boy, um, I assume, uh, that was born five years ago. His parents gave him some kind of weird, like, uh, baby, kind of weird name, like it wasn't a name that was gender specific. And, uh, and then decided that they weren't going to, uh, the way they said it was, um, I'm not, we're not going to share, uh, you know, what, uh, you know, our kid has or doesn't have, uh, and we're going to let him decide. So it's been five years, and he decided that he was going to be a boy. And, um, and, uh, and so, and that he prefers um, he and him pronouns. And uh, you, you see that kind of stuff all day, every day, and it just rakes on you, and it rakes on you, and it rakes on you. But here's the thing. God's against it. The Bible is clear. And we have to stand and contend for those things. And when you do that, you're going to be called a bigot, uh, you know, all kinds of names. And um, it's unfortunate, but you can't let the fear of that hinder you from standing up. Because, because what everybody is, what the world is doing right now is just shaming everybody into not standing for anything that they believe in. Uh, and, uh, and it's a sad state of affairs, but that's where we're at. And so we got to, you know, people say, you know, um, like I told somebody the other day, you know, I was looking at motorcycles, I got a Harley instead. People say, you got to buy an Indian. I said, I'm not going to buy an Indian motorcycle. Sure enough, I'm going to buy it, and then they're going to everybody's going to boycott it and take the name off it, and I can't buy parts or whatever because I'm I'm riding Indian. Yeah. And the guy's like, "That's dumb." I says, "Is it really? <laughs> it's 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 going to be you know, it's going to be it's going to happen." And uh, and so it's just like so. I'll just, I'll just say stuff. I, it's like when people say stuff, I say, "You know what? Um, that's kind of dumb." You know, I've even had you know. Uh, uh, people at the airport, you know, um, all right, stop, sir, let them go. And they get halfway down the jetway. All right, now it's your turn. And I'm like, I'm going to pass them like in two seconds when they sit down. Well, I know, but that's the, you know, that's the rule and that's the law. I said, can you at least admit that it's stupid? 
Let's just do that. Just say, it, it, yes, it's a lot, but the next thing is, it's stupid. Can you just say it out loud? <laughs> you know? And uh, you know, people got to stand up you know, and say those things. We'll do that about a mask, and we'll do that about that kind of stuff. Uh, but, you know, Pride Month comes, and we get in our caves and hide until it's over. And, uh, and Jude is about not doing that. And uh, so hopefully that helps us tonight. All right. So we're going to stop there and um, uh, so be praying. Of course, I mentioned all people that have uh, still COVID and, um, and then following up post-COVID with uh, issues and problems, difficulties, and, uh, and uh, be praying uh, for them and, uh, and for it to kind of run its course uh, and that when it does, everybody's good. Uh, and uh, so God's been good to us for the most, you know, 13, 14 months. And um, so we've got a little rash of it right now. So pray. Anybody else with any uh, requests tonight? Yes, sir. Amen. 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 Pray for pray for that meeting. All right. Anybody else? All right. So we'll pray. And when you're done praying, if you just quietly dismiss yourself, uh, check the sign-up sheets in the back, the table for any things that are on there. Uh, that perhaps you've left or as a gift uh, as well, and, uh, and then we will uh, see you pray. The um, West Coast group is going to be back next door at the Mission House um, tomorrow through Saturday. And then we have uh, Brother um, Nibby, uh, missionary Romania. His wife is about ready to have a baby, so they're basically going to be staying at the Mission House uh, for a month, uh, kind of in that window. So they're, they're coming from Romania uh, and there's a hospital in this area that is in their network. So, um, so we'll have them as guests around here uh, for, the, for the next uh, uh, few weeks uh, and look forward to that. And then also Alexander um, Davis is going to be out here uh, as well uh, for a couple of weeks helping with camp. And he'll be staying over there in the, in the Kingside uh, a couple of times. And uh, so uh, pray for him as he makes his way on up as well. All right, let's pray and then we'll be dismissed.